You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good show for you today. I am in Las Vegas, as you know. This sounds a little bit different. I'm recording this on my phone, but I have taken some notes during the day. Obviously, I don't want to do a deep dive into too many things because this is supposed to be a fun weekend for me. And there's a lot of heavy stuff that came down in Batch Nation. I will address it uh, momentarily. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. As you know, this, pro- this podcast is brought to you by Dame Products. When you think of vibrators, you think of Reality Steve. Try adding a toy into the mix and discover new layers of pleasure you can share, plus sex you'll look forward to. Use code REALITYSTEVE to take 15% off your first order at dameproducts.com. Also, today's podcast brought to you by Green Chef. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve135 and use code realitysteve135 to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. That's greenchef.com slash realitysteve135, promo code realitysteve135 for $135 off across five boxes. Your first box ships free. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. So one of the first things I want to talk about is on my flight here, (laughs) believe it or not, no, I'm not a fan of him, but Nate Olakoya was on Nick's podcast. Yes, I had to grin and bear it and listen to a Nick podcast today, but I wanted to hear what Nate had to say, and I had time to kill on the plane. (laughs) So I listened to it, and again, it's one side of the story. He sounded sincere. He sounded still, obviously, kind of hurt by what happened in his relationship with Michelle, broke down crying on a few different occasions. And, you know, there were some things in there, at least to me, that stuck out. And the biggest thing that stuck out to me was when Nick asked him, this is, I'm going to go all the way to the end. When Nick basically asked him, how do you feel now that she's no longer your fiance? And Nate's quote was very interesting. I miss the Michelle that I fell in love with, and I'm not sure I miss the Michelle that I broke up with. So clearly, again, I don't know how many times I have to say this. Me, you, everybody else out there, Bachelor Nation that thinks they know every single thing about these contestants because they follow them on Instagram, doesn't have a damn clue. Did you see, did you hear what Nate said in regards to when they had their first fight? It was literally two weeks after they got announced as a public couple. Because remember, her finale didn't air until, I believe it was the week of Christmas. If not, it was the week before. And he said their first real big fight when he was starting to question things was January 2nd. 
Yet, was anybody talking back in January of this year that, oh my God, Nate and Michelle are headed for a breakup? No. You know nothing about their relationship. Nobody does outside of the people involved and maybe close, close friends. Obviously, Nate was talking to family and friends. I'm sure Michelle was too. But I think that was a really interesting quote. He missed Michelle that he fell in love with, but he's not sure he misses the Michelle that he broke up with. So clearly, a lot of things happened in their relationship. I don't think Nate said anything and spilled anything really all that bad on the podcast, to be honest with you. I didn't hear it as like, oh my God, what a shot at Michelle. I didn't hear that at all. He was honest. He was emotional. And he also said, look, (laughs) there are things that you, you you know, obviously I'm sure there were other things he could have gone into and given specific examples. The only thing that was considered quote unquote T was the story about how Michelle, he saw in a DM that a country singer DM'd Michelle, and then when he went to look again, it was gone. Michelle gave him a reason, and he didn't really care for the reason that he gave her. It didn't make a lot of sense to him. But the fact that people are just already trying to figure out who's the country singer, we got to find this out. Like, get a fucking life. Seriously. Who cares? They're broken up. They're done. They're over with. Why do you need to know this? I'm just I'm I'm so appalled by people in this franchise and mostly toxic bachelor nation that just absolutely has to have tea every 5 seconds in their life. Look, you heard that if you heard that interview, you actually listened to it and didn't read a recap. You could hear how hurt Nate was. You felt bad for the guy. You know, is he without fault? Absolutely not. I'm sure there were things that went on in the relationship that Michelle didn't like about Nate. And that's the thing. We heard Nate's side today. It's like, okay, I heard it. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I heard it, I, you know, 10 seconds later, I was listening to a different podcast about sports and gambling. So I didn't sit there and be like, oh, wow, let's deep dive into all this stuff with Nate and Michelle. It's like, just let it go. They're done. They're broken up. They're not getting back together. And everybody that thought that they were couple goals back in December, (coughs) two weeks later, they weren't. They were already fighting two weeks after that. So I just just caution people to stop getting – I can tell you to stop getting so invested in these relationships or you're not going to listen to me. So just be like, okay, Nate and Michelle are together. Cool. So-and-so are together. Cool. Like you don't need to stand these people. They're just normal people who get in a relationship in a very weird situation, and it's probably not going to work out. Look at the statistics. It's just not going to. So it was a good interview. Will Michelle respond? Mm, I don't know. Maybe she will. Maybe she won't. But this witch hunt to now find out who she was DMing or who was DMing her and trying to get drinks with her and shoot baskets with her, it's like, why is that important? Why do you need to go find that out? What is that going to do for your life to go find out who the country music singer that was DMing Michelle was? What's the point? I just, I don't get people sometimes, I swear. But I um, I heard the whole thing. I thought it was good. I didn't think Nate 
took shots at her at all numerous, numerous times during the interview. Nate was very complimentary of Michelle. She's put together. She's, you know, very well-spoken. She's got it all going on. It just didn't work. And I don't know why people can't accept that, especially when it comes to this franchise, when these people got engaged after knowing the other person for maybe a total of 72 to 96 hours. Why is it so hard to understand that people from this show will break up? It's going to happen. And it's going to happen more than it's not. So you got to get used to it. If Michelle fires back, we'll cover that. And But, you know, for this, there's probably two sides to every story. Um, I didn't think that Nate said anything. You know, I mean, I, I, it didn't sound like he just made up the story about the country singer DMing. You know, I, I don't know what Michelle's going to say in retaliation, if anything. Um, but if you are so inclined, go listen to the interview and don't read a recap of it. Because it is actually a very good interview. And, you know, Nate gives off a vibe that, um, you know, he got pegged with by a lot of fans for what? Being tall? Being black? Having tattoos? Having earrings? Because basically that's what he said. He goes, I don't know where this fuckboy image came from. Why? What did I do? What did he show that everyone just immediately pegged him as a fuckboy? What, what proof of their that was was out there i didn't i don't remember seeing anything so go listen to the interview um yeah an actual plug for nick vial's podcast imagine that whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style and you'll find the best mattress for you at ashley the new temper adapt collection at ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body conforming technology making every sleep tailored to be your best the collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Okay, moving on. Uh, I do want to talk about um, the Eric Schwer. I mentioned it yesterday in the Daily Roundup and talked about it for about three minutes and told you. It was racist, it was ignorant, it was embarrassing, and he needs to apologize sooner rather than later. Uh, and he did yesterday, and he put it on his Instagram story, or his Instagram feed. I put it out there on my Instagram story, and you know, basically re-quoted it or whatever. Um, here's what I'll say about the apology. It doesn't matter to me. I'm a white guy. That apology isn't for me. And I'm going to say this. If you're a white woman or a white person, this apology is not for you. Stop making this about you. And I say white woman. I started saying white woman because of the messages that I did read yesterday while watching the football game and waiting for friends to show up. It was from a bunch of white women who said, no need to apologize. That is disgusting. If you're emailing me or me emailing anybody and your take on Eric Schwer's apology yesterday is, hey, Eric, no need to apologize. We're behind you 100%. One, you're showing huge, huge ignorance. And two, 
you are showing how little you understand of the situation at hand. And you should be embarrassed about yourself, honestly. Like, I had to stop reading my messages yesterday because I was flooded with why is he apologizing? What's the big deal? And I'm like, holy shit. This country is going to hell in a handbasket. You honestly are saying in 2022, yes, I know it happened in 2012, but you're saying in 2022, why does a person have to apologize for dressing in blackface? You don't think there's, there's anything wrong with that. Okay, if you, that's fine. If you don't think there's anything wrong with that, then dress up this Halloween and paint yourself black and go as a black person, go as a black character. See how well that goes over. Because if your answer is, hey, there's nothing to apologize for, then clearly you have no issue with blackface. So then do it yourself. How can somebody sit there and say, and I know you won't. (laughs) That's the thing. It's embarrassing. I can't believe how many messages I got yesterday of people saying that. I, I was just, I was appalled. That apology is not for you, white people. I'm glad he apologized. I told you yesterday for three minutes, he better get out in front of this and apologize immediately. Don't let the show carry this out until after the final rose. And so he did. I mean, good for him. It's not apology for me. It's like, I'm just glad he apologized, but it's not like uh, that had a profound effect on me. (laughs) I, I just, it just, he had to do it. And, you know, the other thing that I take away from this whole situation is I just, again, I guess it's the temperature of the country that we're living in right now, but why is the first reaction to Eric Schwer's apology a bunch of F him, I don't care about his apology, coming from white people? So it's already disgusting that a white person is even commenting on his apology because it's not for you to determine whether his apology is good or not. But let's just, let's just move past that point and get to my second point. Why are you so angry? Why are you such a miserable person that the guy tries to make an apology just to understand he realizes he made a mistake? He said it was embarrassing. He said he never should have done that. Why is your response immediately to jump down his throat and be so angry at him? Because, as I said yesterday, there's nothing he can do about that anymore. It happened in 2012. It's in the yearbook forever. He cannot go to every single classmate that went to that high school and say, hey, can I have your yearbook? I need to cut out that picture. It's going to live in infamy. He can never take that back. That's going to be hard for him to deal with. And it's going to be something that weighs on his mind. And clearly, he realizes the magnitude of what he did. He should have never have done it. How he thought it was a smart thing to do. Yes, he was dressing up as Jimi Hendrix. He was dressing as a character. Still doesn't excuse it whatsoever. But my question to people is, why are you so angry about it? Like, you're so... You're angry about... Not angry about what he did. Because... There's plenty of people that have a right to be angry about what he did. That's what I'm not – I'm not talking about that. So please, aggregators out there that are just looking to troll people, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying why are you angry when someone tries to do better and apologize? Why do you have to write comments? 
that attacks somebody who apologizes for poor behavior, racist behavior, misogynistic behavior. You know, I'm just reeling off bad behavior that we've seen in this franchise. I mean, what, what world do you live in? So everybody that's ever apologized, you just don't, or you just pick and choose people's apologies. All the guy can do, let's like, my, my biggest question right now would be, what do you want him to do? The only thing he can do right now, he can't go back and take back every single yearbook. So the only thing he can do right now is acknowledge it, apologize for it, and do better going forward. That's it. Why does that make you so angry? That's what I want to know. That you have to continually condemn someone after an apology. Just be like, yeah, you know what? He apologized, but it's not for me, and I don't really care about Eric Schwer. That's fine. I'm talking about the vitriol, and I can you can see it in what people write. Just, just the blood boiling messages that they're leaving. It's, it's frankly scary. What he did was absolutely one hundred percent stupid, racist, ignorant, and embarrassing. But all he can do is apologize for it and do better going forward. That's all he can do. I don't understand what else the guy can do at this point. You know, I don't excuse it. But I'm probably never going to meet Eric Schwer in my life. I'm never going to talk to Eric Schwer in my life. I, I just, I, I saw his apology. I'm glad he apologized. But it's just like, again, another situation. I'm like, okay. Uh, but to sit online all day long and just, I'm going to caption him in this Instagram and tell him how I feel. Go home and play with your kids. Smile. Look at this. You know, play in the fucking garden. What is your problem? Why are you so angry? Why are you such a miserable human being that you have to be that mad at somebody who's just trying to do better and apologizing? And I know you're going to say, well, of course he's apologizing because he got caught. Okay, take the flip side. If Eric said nothing today and said nothing for two weeks about it, what would your response have been? Oh, what a chicken shit. He didn't even apologize. He's not even acknowledging it. We're, we're not even holding him. He's not even holding himself accountable. Yeah. So it's like he's dead. He can't win in your eyes. What I'm saying is why can't he win? It doesn't mean you have to forgive him. But it's just amazing how people just – you leave people no out. And that's just, that's just sad. I, I hate, I'd hate to live in the world that you're living in where nobody can do anything wrong and nobody can get better and do better and try and at least hold themselves accountable for what they did. In your eyes, nope, doesn't matter. It's like, oh, my God. Everything is so black and white to some people. And it's just, and I'm talking about the colors black and white. Like, oh, it's got to be this or it's got to be this. I'm not talking about a race black and white issue. Aggregators. Anyway, um, let's just end this with Big Brother. I did not watch Big Brother, but I followed along on the live feeds, or not the live feeds, the um, live tweets. So I'm very well aware of what happened, and we called it. We said the first HOH or POV that Michael doesn't win, he's out of there. And that's exactly what happened. I didn't see the comp. I don't know how close he was, was to beating Monty in the power veto. The only thing I'm questioning, and I, it's going to be it's going to be tough because I didn't watch it, is when Turner won HOH that Michael couldn't compete in. Why did he put Alyssa and Brittany up? You're still giving Michael a chance. Now, granted, it didn't work out, and it worked in their favor, and everything went according to plan. But 
why wouldn't you even put Michael up in the first place? He was going to compete in power of veto anyway because there was only six people that could compete. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't know what Turner was thinking because if Michael wins POV, then their plan goes out the window. And Alyssa or Brittany are going, well, he would have taken Brittany off and then Turner would have had to put somebody else up. I didn't understand. They've, they've always said we got to go after Michael the second he loses. And then he, and then he didn't compete in HOH, so he wasn't up, and they didn't put him up. Didn't really understand that. Anyway, um, you know, I'm on vacation. This is, you know, a fun weekend for me, and I'm going to gamble, watch a lot of football. I just – it's really disheartening to see what goes on online and how many people out there have so much hate in their heart and so much hate for somebody that they don't know who made a mistake, a very giant mistake, 10 years ago, and yet an apology, you know, it's just like it's dismissive. And it's just like I I just don't understand why such the vitriol. And I never will because it's always going to be this way. Um, You know, like I said, I don't care for his apology. I'm a white guy. That apology wasn't for me. And if you're white and you messaged anybody, including the numerous ones that I got, that said, no need to apologize, Eric. You need to do some serious, serious soul-searching if you think somebody doesn't need to apologize for what Eric did. And I saw plenty of them yesterday. I got a few blocks in on uh, Instagram, so that was fun. Anybody who wrote me that, I'm just like, block. Because I never want to hear from that person again. I don't care what they have to say about anything. If they can't even see what how badly that was and how bad that looks. It's embarrassing. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Uh, We will be back on Monday yet again. Hopefully, I just recorded this whole thing. Hopefully, I can now upload it and everything will work. But have a great weekend, everybody. Pray for me that the tables turn around. I already lost my first sports bet of the weekend as the Rams got absolutely crunched by the Bills. Um, You know, small bet, but whatever. I lost it. Uh, but let's get uh, let's hopefully have some good karma this weekend and go from there. So thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you Monday. See you.